This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Deborah Roberts, a licensed clinical social worker who will teach you how to gain confidence in communicating in all areas of your life. Following Deborah's relationship protocol will help you to become an everyday leader who can change your world. Start your personal growth journey today where you can learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com. Register for personal growth and development classes so you can develop your own strategies to be a leader in your life. If you're ready for one-on-one accountability, I will walk beside you as your personal coach to help you gain clarity and perspective to lead your life and career as an everyday leader. If you're ready to develop your spiritual growth, you can gather with us for the Everyday Leaders Leadership Devotionals. We meet every day at 7.30 a.m. And we apply these leadership lessons and values to our everyday lives and become a leader that can change the world. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, Deborah Roberts, the communication specialist that's going to teach us all about communication tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is wonderful. You know, I love the COVID-19 situation because it's connecting us to people that we may have never been able to show up for each other. And this is our story, right? We got that's a right. text and said, hey, you guys need to know each other. So That's so true. It's, That's so true. It's so <laughs> great. And, and you know, I am all about connecting. My company is called Make Connections for Life. And then develop this podcast about really helping people develop strategies to overcome obstacles. And what I've learned is it all starts with communication. So I am so excited for you to come on and share with us tonight what you know as the expert uh, and really help people in this space. I'm here for whatever you want to know. (laughs) Dive right in. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, I know you've got 20 years of experience, and they've listened to the... the individual intro that I uh, that I've provided for everybody to talk about who you are and this book that you have called the relationship protocol uh, really kind of defines kind of this next step but I want you to take us back you know where did you start and, and when you think about being a therapist in this space you are an expert and so what you're giving people is not just kind of advice or I'm thinking about this you really practice this I do practice this um if you want, do you want me to go back to the origin of the book? Is that what you mean? Yeah, or just the- that, that would be great. Okay. I, uh, it's, it's a story that um, I'm still humbled by it, to be honest. I 
was in my private practice for many years working with relationships and having great success. And to be honest, assuming that all other clinicians that were doing what I was doing were having the same results because I was essentially just doing what came naturally to me which was teaching people how to feel a little bit more comfortable with each other. I I had started focusing on working with relationships too, working with two people in the room. And the first couple that came to see me, I had no idea what to do, by the way. It was a referral that came from um, someone that I knew and just said, would you just try it? And what came naturally to me was to teach them how to feel a little bit more comfortable and how to communicate with each other in a way that made things go a little smoother and so that they could feel a little hopeful. And that's where it started. Mm-hmm. And that's what led to 20 years later, one day, <laughs> literally waking up and thinking, I think I'm doing something different than everybody's doing. How mm-hmm. odd. Mm-hmm. Um, I made phone calls to all of the people, lawyers, um, consultants, therapists who had been referring to me and then calling me back about a month in of working with the people that they'd referred saying, what are you doing in your office? You're getting these results with these people who either hated each other or couldn't be in the same building. And within a few weeks, they're sitting together and collaborating, or they are happy they didn't get divorced, or these two business leaders are able to talk to each other. And I was getting those calls throughout my career, but never thought that, I thought everybody was getting those calls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. I think when you do something that comes naturally to you, you don't realize the impact that it can have and this and sort of how special it is. And I don't say that from an ego perspective as much as knowing that what I'm doing really was making a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where it started. I did a lot of due diligence to see is someone else doing this. Like maybe I learned this somewhere else and I didn't. Um, it was purely something that, that came from me working uh, with people and learning from working with them. Uh, we learned from each other really. And I sat down and as my husband said, I never wrote a stitch down, by the way. So when I wrote, sat to write my book, it was literally, as he said, coming out of my pores. <laughs> Don't you love that? It, it, that's that the consistency, you know, all those years that you practice that brings so much clarity to yeah. go, I'm just doing what I do. I just show up, right? That's right. who you are. That's right. Well, and I also think my, um, my way of being, I have a, an optimistic belief in life. I believe that um, we're all destined for greatness, that we, if we all show up and be our best self, and if I can help people to do that, to have a little bit more self-awareness and, and just get the basic how-tos. There is nothing that I teach, by the way, that's fancy or that you can't understand. It's all easy. It doesn't mean it's as easy to implement but easy to understand. That's why I never thought it was that much special or different than what anyone else was doing. Um, so, but you know, yeah. sometimes it's we hear something a thousand times, but it's mm-hmm. that one thousand and one that makes sense. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that was my journey. The other thing, as a side note, is that I didn't know if I was writing a book. I didn't, I didn't think I was writing a book. I thought I was writing an article and I thought I, whatever <laughs> I was writing would be put online without my name on it. 
it would go on anonymously and somehow people would find out about it. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> you can giggle and it's true. But that's the um, authenticity, right? Because you just thought, hey, I'm going to just put it out there and we'll see. Uh, and I also had, I, I had no social media presence at the time. I had no interest in being on social media and I had no interest in being out there at all. I didn't want my, and then when I decided to write a book, I was working with this gentleman who was helping me and he said, okay, so we will put your name on and your picture. And I said, no, 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 <laughs> I'm not putting my name on it. So he convinced, this, I, I, as I'm saying it, I can't believe it's true. So he convinced me to put my name on the book and then no exaggeration. It took me six months to make the appointment with the photographer to uh, get the headshots and it took me six months to agree <laughs> to pick a picture. And by the way, I told this story to someone while they were holding my book. And I said, just look at the back of it and look at the picture. It's like an inch big and it's black and white. It's nothing. It's not as if I'm the whole book cover. And the resistance was so strong. So that's who I was back then. Mm -hmm. I was doing my work, doing good work, knowing other people could use this because it's really helpful. But just thinking somehow that they would find out about it and, and the book could kind of go without me. That, that was my goal. I, I'm just going to stay here and the book would go off. Whoops, excuse me. Here. The book would just go off by itself. Just hiding, my plan. hiding in the shadows. You know, that's the thing. When you have this humble spirit, right, you show up as this optimist in life and say, gosh, these principles are so easy. Everybody can do this. Right. And, and you're just kind of practicing that when you're talking about well, I didn't really need to be on that book and nobody really needed to know who it was. <laughs> so true. <laughs> you know, when I, when um, the company that I used, I self-published, they said, when, when you submit your um, manuscript, sounds very fancy, you can, you can send it in with questions. And I wrote, uh, am I dumbing it down too much? Because I repeat things a fair amount in there saying, you know, this is an example of step one. And further down, I might have a parenthesis showing in, in, a, in a story because there are many stories in there. Here's how step one or step four of, of the relationship protocol model is used because I really want people to understand it. But I don't want them to feel that I'm, um, I don't know, just not being not assuming that they're get, they can't get it type mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And what the, the editor wrote back, not at all. She said, as a matter of fact, I think and I did. She said, I think you need to, in your introduction, explain that you're intentionally repeating things because you want it to be repetition so people can understand it. And then she said, as a matter of fact, I didn't think you did it enough. So I added a few in <laughs> as I went along. And I said to her, well, that means that it must be written rather clearly if you think you actually know where it should have gone. <laughs> so the feedback was really interesting from the beginning of people really appreciating. I mean, the women that edited this <laughs> said that they were using it in their lives by the time they were finished reading the book. Uh, now see, that is a testimony, right? And, and I think what's so important about right now, and so when you take these principles in the book and you think about what everybody's been experiencing since March of 2020. Mm. So here we are. It's uh, it's in November when we're recording this. So people, uh, if you listen to this, you know, in the years to come, uh, if you think about the last seven months that we've all been experiencing a different environment, we haven't worked in our normal environments, we've been home and we've had to try to learn how to communicate with each other during riddle, really critical times. So 
tell me a little bit about what you have given advice for or strategies uh, when major things like this change in our lives. Our kids are home working from our computers that we're usually using mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and all of that, right? We have to define what our what our boundaries are and and really what's the priority for communication. I think that COVID has accelerated everything. So if your relationship had challenges, most likely those challenges have been amplified. And if you have a solid relationship, many times you're, you're feeling closer. Um, so that's the first thing, because we've been forced into situations. Some people are have been forced, at least initially, to live with people that they wouldn't normally be spending these extended time periods with, too. Mm-hmm. So there are many, many unusual circumstances, and we don't have our social distractions or our physical exercise, things that give us joy and different things in, in, in the normalcy of our, of our day-to-day lives. So the main thing is to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. You have to start from a place of recognition that these are not normal times. And I always say it's very important that you say that out loud to the people that you live with, that you say we are all in this together and we may not be happy you know, in different moments, but let's make an effort to try to make this work or easy, or if I'm doing something that's particularly annoying to you, or, you know, if we can't quite make something go easily, what can we do to try to make it better? Mm-hmm. Because this, these, they are times when the stress level can be high. So again, acknowledging I'm feeling really stressed, what do I need to do? A lot of it is self-awareness, self-reflection, and learning about yourself, becoming an expert on what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and how you need to communicate with the people around you so that you can feel heard, that you can communicate with ease, that stress can be reduced, conflicts can be resolved swiftly. And when you can do that, you can control your environment better and you can feel more in control. As I like to say, then you're more in the driver's seat. And everything is a little bit more. Everything I said is relevant in everyday life forever, mm-hmm. but it's even more relevant when you are kind of stuck in a place with circumstances that are out of your control. And there's a lot of uncertainty. I'll say one more thing. In reference to quarantine and this um, and COVID-19, people also have different levels, uh, different comfort levels So that's brought about a whole other set of circumstances of where someone feels like someone's uh, exhibiting risky behavior and the other one thinks you're crazy. Like I can go to the grocery store. I don't have to wear gloves or do, you know, different things like that, Mm -hmm. whether it's your children doing things or your partner doing things or going to work. So there's a whole other set of circumstances where we're not giving each other, strangers even, the benefit of the doubt. We assume everybody might have this. So it changes the entire um, tenor, the, the entire feeling that we have when we we're around people outside. And um, I, I'm in the New York area, so uh, we were hit pretty hard. And I, I know that, so the sensitivity toward it happening again is uh, something in all, mm-hmm. in the fronts of all of our minds. Mm-hmm. And as you were just talking, I wrote the word trust down. Mm-hmm. It, because I think trust, you know, plays a, plays a big part in this. And we may trust people 
in our lives that we can we feel like we can communicate better with them because we trust them. But you throw in something like the pandemic, and and as you just talked took us through, if you say I'm going to go to the grocery store, but I don't have to wear my mask, or I'm just going to go around to the neighborhood and, and we're going to go meet our neighbors, and I'm not going to wear my mask. And if your spouse there is a threat of concern because of their health or you know, something that they really read or they believe, that can cause a conflict, right? Where there are other situations that they have been okay with. But this is something that we're, it's unknown, right? The subject's unknown. And so that safety and that level of trust can change. Absolutely. Or even trust, or and even trusting that they are doing what they're telling you they're doing. Mm -hmm. If I'm the person who's more conservative and you're more, you're looser and you tell me you're going to go out and wear your mask, it's like your child telling you they're going to go out and they're not going to have a beer at the party, whatever it is. (laughs) But your partner comes back and you just have a feeling they're not being truthful to you. Absolutely. Trust. Trust comes up in so many ways. It's not necessarily these big betrayals. It can be these small things where we hope that the person, that their words and their behavior are in sync, that they match. That's how we trust. And we give the benefit of the doubt to that person when those things are in sync. Mm -hmm. Mm, That's powerful. Because I think a lot of people right now are struggling with, you know, I've I've done this, right? I've kind of come to the end of my rope. I thought everything was great. We're going back to a little bit normal, planning for the holidays. And now it feels like the country's kind of shutting down again. You know, there's been fall breaks. And, and so we're getting more, um, you know, influences of positive rates and positive tests. So I think this is a great time to have this discussion because we may be back to where we started uh, pretty soon. And so I think just the, the confidence of saying, okay, how long do we have to do this? And, and making a strategy together to be able to say, okay, what do we expect? And how can we be better for each other through this, right? Because um, why you got together is probably what also can drive you away, right? <laughs> a lot of times what attracts you to someone is really what can get on your nerves after a long period of time. <laughs> For anyone, for Mm -hmm. any relationship, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. So what what has surprised you about your personal relationships, Deborah, over the last six, seven months? I think what has surprised me the most about myself, I'll start there, is how comfortable I got not being social because I am a social person, a social being. I enjoy being with family and friends and um, doing many things, uh, going to the city and engage, you know, just doing fun things. And um, I became pretty content staying home and working or I don't know. I I was shocked at how (laughs) comfortable that uh, that I rolled into that much easier than I ever thought I would, partly because there was nowhere to really go. Mm-hmm. So I had to be comfortable with it. And when I have been social um, recently, just starting actually a little, a few weeks ago or months ago, I found that being social required a little energy that I hadn't thought of before <laughs> because <laughs> I hadn't done it in a while. Um, and that was fascinating to me that it actually took a little energy to do that. But in general, I think that 
I've tried very hard to use Zoom and um, see people at a distance, maybe go for a walk, things like that. I, I find that when you have your, I don't know what they call it, your social pod, your social, the people that you're the closest to, it, it is a small group of people that you tend to connect with during times like this. And that's been uh, joyful for me and I'm much appreciative um, to have people in my life that we stay in contact and you know, check in on each other once in a while. But like everybody else, it's still somewhat isolating and it can get discouraging, but you have to be able to recognize that we all need to do what we need to do. You, you can get as discouraged or frustrated as you want, but it's just not helpful for coping to really stay in that state of mind. Mm-hmm. It offers you nothing. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge it. Don't, don't ignore it and stuff it down. Acknowledge it. Not, you know, similar to what I was saying before, acknowledging the stress to the other person, but um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but yes, yeah, well, and I think about, you know, the transition from here, we have to learn how to communicate at home before we can take that into the workplace, right? That's kind of the key, like what you do at home is how you're going to show up in the world. And so for you, when you think about how you help companies and what's changed now is some of the workforce may stay at home and some of them may be back mm-hmm. in the office. And so what do you feel like the best strategy is for people that are going to have a new dynamic as they kind of turn into, you know, 2021 and, and things don't look like they did in 2020? Such a great question. Most companies have been affected in some way with the workforce. Some were prepared for it, but many were not. And you, I, I believe when it comes to what you're talking about, the remote or just different changes that people have made, I think that business owners are realizing more and more the importance of communication, building in personal development, communication, opening up the the channels, and you can't communicate enough. You can't even over communicate. Staff can feel isolated, disconnected, miscommunications. So I think the more effort that management makes to check in on someone and not just say, okay, did you get that report done? But how are you doing? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And learn a little bit about them as a human being. That's what makes people want to stay in your company when they feel that you acknowledge them, recognize them. You don't have to, you know, show up with a singing telegram every week to get them, you know, let them know you're thinking of them or Mm -hmm. something like that. But you do need to recognize that people can be feeling isolated, particularly those that are working at home and who used to be in the office or in just different circumstances. So bringing people together on an intranet on something that helps them to connect is really super important, even more so these days. Mm And I think about the times, you know, when I've been in companies and, and so if you're in cubicles or you're kind of in that social environment at work, right, the water cooler talk of what happened over the weekend or what you're doing now, everything is so structured because when you do get on a zoom call for a company, you are there to, you know, you don't really have that networking time. You get down to business, you try to get the work done and then you work isolated and come back and kind of report back to the group. And so I I think that little component, right, of going down the hallway and saying, 
hey, hi, how are you doing? How, how did everything go, right? How was your mm-hmm. kid's soccer game? We don't have those kinds of experiences this year to even connect. So it goes like that next deeper level, like you're saying, um, as leaders, we have to really create that environment for our teams. Definitely. Whether it's, um, I just spoke to someone today who has wind down Wednesdays, um, other have coffee together to do social things over zoom or in another capacity is a very smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's such a smart thing to do. Otherwise we, we kind of work in silos and can feel isolated and not connect with each other. The, um, and the nuances are missing from the screen. You can't see anyone's body or hand gestures and you, you just see their face. So you miss a lot. I'm actually writing an article uh, for um, Business Insider on this very topic. On, um, I wrote an article last year called How to Get Someone to Like You in Under Five Minutes. And the editor said, how about if we write another one, How to Get Someone to Like You over Zoom <laughs> to an updated <laughs> version. So I'm working on that now. So I don't have all my data in my head yet. But um, because it's so relevant to how we live now mm-hmm. and how do you how do you show up online so someone can really get a sense of who you are and feel your energy and you know who you are as a person versus this head in a box who um they can't really get to know as easily mm-hmm. it's so true the the body language right like we talk about in all any kind of training that you go into and it's really are you leaning in or are you you know, uh, is there something that's disturbing you? And and I think sometimes we talk about bullies at work. And I've talked to a lot of my teacher friends that are, you know, now learning how to do things with their kids on Zoom. But that kind of um, attitude, I think, still shows up on some of their calls for the classroom, you know, kids that are the bullies are still being bullies on Zoom. And I think, oh my gosh, at least you could just turn them off, you know, <laughs> and not have to sit there with them. But but here's the thing, right? If we know how to communicate with them to kind of de-escalate that situation, that's huge as far as conflict resolution uh, in working with people because right now we're challenged to do things differently. So yes. communication is the key. If we can get this right, my goodness, we can be really successful when we go back to our new normal, right? Absolutely. Particularly around conflicts. People do not typically know how to resolve conflicts, what to do, and uh, for many reasons. But primarily, it's because most people were never taught how to be effective communicators in general. They didn't learn it in their homes. Parents didn't model conflict resolution in any healthy way, and they don't teach it in school. So how are we as adults supposed to know this except through experience or learning? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of that, you know, we go to college, we go to a job, and we say, oh, we're going to get the training there. And mm-hmm. not that's not always how it happens. <laughs> and no. that's not the, you know, the best trainer for us because, uh, you know, companies are trying to survive right now. And so doing all this personal development, uh, like you spoke about, I think is really important. And I see a lot of companies putting programs together so that they can, you know, think into, you know, Simon Sinek is great to kind of talk about our why and are we positioned mm-hmm. for our why and what we're living in every day. And if we're not, right, if we're not to think about that and then try to change that or influence your surroundings so that you can live a happy and fulfilled life. 
Absolutely. We are really so responsible for our own growth and development and learning from our experiences and checking in with ourselves and being in the driver's seat and guiding the direction we'd like to go in and figuring out, you know, what do I do if it makes a left turn when I thought life was going to make a right turn? Um, but, but when you have that passion and that drive and that caring about yourself and, and or your, your job and what you're doing, when that matters to you, you know, you're full steam ahead regardless of what's happening. When you have that fortitude and that determination, that um, the drive is what keeps you going. And it's so important, particularly when you're in a work environment that you care about what you're doing, that everybody on any level, everybody needs to show up as a leader. Mm-hmm. That, that's firmly what I believe. And if everybody knows how to communicate a little bit more, you have a system that's running like a well-oiled machine. And that's the best place to start. Mm, that's the best place to start. Talk to me about the communication protocol that you have. If if you, um, you know, if you're listening to this, I want you to look up this right now, the relationship protocol.com. And uh, you have a program, the communication protocol. Talk to us about how that works and what, who's that designed for? Sure. I love talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of this program. I have a class for um, a, a personal consumer class called Write Your Relationships, which was very successful and so well received. And I decided to take that course and turn it into an, an online that's also an online course, but to turn this one into a course for businesses. And the reason I did that is because my work all along, all these years has been used in all sorts of companies. I've done a lot of consulting and through my work, I always hear, oh, I used it in a meeting or it was so helpful here or there. And so because you get quick results and I created a situation where the program doesn't disrupt workflow, it's a minimal time commitment, and super cost effective, and it's 10 weeks. It's a 10 weeks transformational program for businesses, and all of your employees can do it, or a department, or a team, or everybody, and it's something that um, is unique the whole delivery system is unique. And the best part is all of the participants take a pre and post survey. So they not only get a baseline, but they also get another report at the end so that they can see their progress of where they've come and, and uh, how they've improved and also how to continue using the model and the work going forward. And the company gets a report, a generalized report of all of their participants and the improvement that they've made. And also we ask them questions confidentially of what they think of the company, how they perceive their communication and if they feel appreciated and that type of a thing. So we then give the company a report of how all of their participants as a group perceive the company. And we give them that data to the improvement and how they see their company, which is huge, huge. So that's uh that's the story. And if, if any companies are interested, just go to the website, check it out. Happy to have a conversation with you. That is awesome. And I think, you know, many people that aren't thinking about this yet, I hope that this has encouraged them to say, 
hmm, I wonder if we did this one thing, if this is on your whiteboard, if this is on your vision board for 2021, if you're building a business or if you have a business that's kind of struggling and you're trying to figure out who are going to be the players in 2021, this would be a great way to start for 10 weeks to kind of just get get it kicked off, right? And focus on the right uh, tools to help you be successful. And you know what else? It, it not only improves workplace communication, but it makes people feel better in terms of job satisfaction, performance, productivity. And these are universal skills. That These are communication skills that you not only will use at work, but you use them at home. So if everything at home is a little bit less stressful, work is going to be a lot more pleasant too. Mm-hmm. And they're lifelong skills. Oh my goodness. This is great stuff. (laughs) This is great stuff. And I want to invite you. I know we talked about this prior to this podcast, but um, because this is a great time for people to get to know you. And so I want them to go, uh, like I said, to the relationshipprotocol.com right now to find you. Um, How are other ways that we can find you, Deborah? I am on social media. (laughs) Fast forward many years. (laughs) (laughs) As I think I said to you earlier, uh, before we went live, I don't even recognize myself sometimes for how I started to where I am. That That's how, how far I know I've come. And um, it's quite a journey. I am on social media. I am on LinkedIn, uh, Deborah Roberts on LinkedIn. And I am on Facebook, The Relationship Protocol, and also the same on Instagram. Wonderful. Well, I hope that uh, you get lots of followers from this because I think it's so valuable. And I want to invite you to come back to my personal growth live sessions where we'll take 30 minutes together and we'll do uh, streaming across all the uh, YouTube channels and and Facebook platforms and really dive into this and um, and really show people how this works, because I think, you know, when they see it as well, this is going to be really, really critical. So. I just thank you so much for your time, spending time today with everyday leaders, um, because what we know is as everyday leaders, the things that we do, the strategies that we develop really can make a difference in our lives and it can help us to change the world. And so I appreciate you and I thank you so much for pouring out your expertise tonight to help us be better leaders that can change our life. Well, thank you. I appreciate you as well and your listeners and so happy to be here. Thank you, Deborah. This has been a Joe Studios production.